Okay, this study is a brilliant study because it comes from God's word. Obviously, it's brilliant. If it came from me, it wouldn't be brilliant. So that's why you can always say it's brilliant when you're looking at God's word. And putting the names of the 12 tribes on the 13 chapters, because you add Levi in the middle, so that makes 13 tribes, um, really helps you to grasp what Hebrews is trying to say, and it gives you an opportunity to memorize the gist of the book. No, we don't memorize whole books, but we, we memorize the concept so that when you're by yourself, it's, it's there, right? And it only comforts you, and it helps to uh, give you the wisdom that you need to have. So I encourage you, memorize the 13 tribes, put it on top of Hebrews, and, and it's a blast, you know? It really is. Memorize one book a year, and in 10 years, you're going to be super rich, right? Don't put it off. Don't put off tomorrow, which you can accomplish today. How's that? Today, we're looking at chapter 11. What, whose name is that? That's Dan. Dan goes with chapter 11. Oh, by the way, in that little booklet that I've sent out, if you did not receive one, let me know, because you're obviously not getting my emails and if you print it you fold it it's yours keep it electronically there'll be upgrades obviously there's always upgrades you know uh, i would never i've always thought you know some people say why don't you write a book as soon as you write a book you've got to add upgrades right because you're constantly learning and growing in god's word things change things change in my notes things don't change with the word of god and that's the beauty because it keeps growing because it's very much alive and active as we saw in Hebrews chapter four, right? Dan, Dan's, Dan's name means he that judges. Dan is, or Hebrews chapter 11 is all about the Old Testament heroes that were faithful to the end of their lives. And a lot of them suffered incredibly so. And the reason they did is because they believe there is a judge. They believe in God. And there's coming a judgment day. They believe everybody is going to be held accountable for their actions they do on this life. You get judged. The minute you die, you're judged by God. It's Judgment day is only for those that are still alive on earth. Because once you die, you're either going to be up in heaven because of the blood of Christ, not because of the deeds you've done. It's a number one deed, like you, you got to get into into Christ. Well, he does ask us, do we have faith, hope, and love, right? Are we a faithful servant of Christ? So, but the minute you die, that's when you're judged. And if you're not in Christ, you're going down to Hades. It's it's heaven or Hades is 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 what you need to understand. And the problem with the world today is... They don't believe there's a judge. And the world's running with the idea that you are not responsible for your actions. You, you see, it's not my fault. I was born this way. It's not my fault. My parents raised me this way. It's not my fault. It's the government's fault. It's not my fault. Everybody's doing it. They're not taking responsibility for their actions. 
and you've got to do it. And even in the church, you can't be pointing fingers to, to this brother, that brother, or, or this happened or that happened. No, just admit, I, okay, I admit I messed up. Ask God for forgiveness. Move on with your life. Because that's what God's saying. Look, I'll forgive you. Now let's move on. But at least accept the responsibility. The guy that didn't accept the responsibility for his actions was called Cain. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, you are your brother's keeper. So ask for forgiveness. God says, why are you so down and out? If you do what is right, you'll be lifted back up. Cain wasn't listening to God. He wasn't going to obey God's word. He was going to do it on his own. So he ended up falling away totally. And we know the story there. And that's if I don't accept consequences for my actions. And I will accept consequences for my actions. I will do what is right when I understand there is a judge. And I know that God is a judge. And I will be held accountable for the way I treated other people. The way I treated the brethren, the way I treated people in the world. Did I believe? Did I obey? Right? I'm going to be held accountable for my actions. That's why with the blood of Christ today, I'm getting those sins forgiven. So I'm not responsible for those because the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins. And I continue to keep my faith going forward. So that's, that's chapter 11. And that's why Dan, his name, he that judges, gives you a great insight to what's happening in the whole chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. Verse one is brilliant. Faith is the assurance of the things hoped for. I, I don't like the word things because that's not even in the scripture, right? It should be italicized. Is the assurance of what's hoped for. And what are you hoping for? I don't know about you, but I'm hoping for eternal life, right? It's the assurance of eternal life. It's 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. You can know that you've got eternal life. How? By getting into the scriptures, by putting the scriptures into practice, right? It's the assurance of you've got eternal life, right? That's what I'm hoping for. And it's the conviction of things not seen. The conviction of things not seen. Well, what have, what don't I see? I can read about it in the scriptures, but I didn't see it happen. I am totally convicted that what took place back in Jesus' day when he healed people, it was an instant healing. The man that was crippled all his life, when Jesus reached out and touched him, he jumped up and he was running. How does that happen? Doctors can heal people, but if you've been in a hospital bed for six months, you're moving real slow to get back into recovery. Jesus, instant healing, right? I believe those things took place, right? It's the conviction of things not seen. I believe in all of these guys right here in Hebrews chapter 11. In Samson, I believe uh, he doesn't even mention the three guys in the in the fiery furnace. Oh, well, that's just the story. Uh, no, it's not just a story. It's the truth. In a world that says there is no truth, Pilate says what is truth? And you can't get truth on the internet. Sorry, or Google. Sorry, or whatever 
news station you listen to, there, there's no truth except here. And you can stand on this. You can have great discussions on this. This opens up the world of discussion to other people because at least we can talk about the truth and how it helps us to get through this life. I mean, if you want to talk politics, what a waste of time. Really. Because you never know the truth. Right? I mean, you can be a conspiracy theorist. But that for, for conspiracy theorists, uh, the thing I like to teach is you, you never know who really was after Christ. Because they think it was Caiaphas. But John writes 20 years after everybody's dead. He writes about 78 AD. He writes the Gospel of John. And when they arrested Jesus, he went to Annas. That was the true high priest. And Annas questioned Jesus as to what his disciples were going to do. He was really upset with Christ because the temple wasn't making the money. That's what got the Jews really. He's, he's the number one money bags. So therefore, as he talked to Jesus, he already knew that Jesus was dead because he was asking him about his disciples. Then he sends him to Caiaphas, who's got, who, who's assigned to do the dirty work, find something on this guy and execute him. And that's what Caiaphas did. But you don't get to find out about Annas until after everybody's dead. Conspiracy theory, hey, you never, you never know. So don't even waste your time. Stay focused on what? The word of God. I, and I think that's what that, that, that teaches right there, right? Don't waste your time. Get focused and dig into this thing and put it into application and use your imagination in sharing it with other people. Faith is assurance of that eternal life. Conviction of what we read about in the Bible absolutely happened. And by this kind of faith, they gained approval. I mean, look at verse three, underlying this one, circle it. We, by faith, we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. James Overton may mention, you know, the power of the word of God. He spoke everything came into existence. That's what that verse is saying right there. Do I believe God created the world in six days? Absolutely. He spoke and it came into existence. He figured it out. He thought this thing through. But he's the one that brought it in. He is the judge. If you don't believe in Genesis, how do you believe that God is the judge? He is the only God. Men's got thousands of gods, but they, they don't exist. They're men's imagination. There is only but one God who has three personalities, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but all three are, are the one. And he's the one that's created this place which we live and offers us an eternal life if we choose. Or you end up the alternative, consequences of your actions, eternal destruction. But it's a free gift for eternal life, right? Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Abel knew, Cain and Abel were both told, this is what you got to do. If you want to have a good standing with me, you want to have a good relationship, this is what you need to sacrifice. It's got to be a blood sacrifice. Cain chose not to. He was rejected. Abel, hey, 
Oh, but then Abel, he died so early. What is death? It's a stepping through to the eternal, right? So Abel didn't lose. Cain was the loser. By faith, Enoch, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And if you like your King James, diligently seek him. There's that imagination I was talking about this morning, right? Get into the word of God. You can know that you have eternal life, says John. These things I have written. Well, that's really, it's God speaking through the scriptures. These things I have written to you. What? The whole Bible. Get into it. And you can know right now that you've got Know that he is a rewarder of those who seek him, but you got to believe that he exists. You got to believe there is a judge, right? Abraham, verse eight, when he was called out to the place and he was to receive an inheritance, he believed, he went out, not knowing where he was going. Well, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise. Am I living like an alien or am I trying to catch up to the Joneses, right? Do I think I have to have what everybody else has? Am I worried about the physical or am I into the spiritual? He lived in an alien, as an alien, in the land of promise, in a foreign land, dwelling in tents, because he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. That's the beautiful thing about this book right here, Hebrews, because it's telling us about and hopefully we'll get into it now we won't because you know the guy that did the morning class he just went on and on and on and on and he kind of ruined it for me so that's okay because i'm that guy but then i'm not in a rush anyways right so we won't get into what chapter 12 verse 22 you've come to mount zion city living god heavenly jerusalem myriads of angels the general assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven god the judge of all spirits of the righteous to jesus the mediator of a new covenant picture that revelation chapter what four and five go to the throne room of god that's your imagination you have to go there you have to get that picture going. Why? Because he's saying in Hebrews 4.16, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we can receive mercy. Last week, what did we talk about? Verse 19 of chapter 10. Therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated through the veil. That's not when you die. It's right now. It's today. It's where we are in this present moment, in the presence of God spiritually. That's what you've got to get. Because when you capture that, it just makes everything exciting. Come on. Like, whoa. He has, these guys didn't have that, right? And yet they knew that they were going to be judged at the end. So therefore, they acted like aliens. I mean, look at 13 you know, of chapter 11. All these died in faith without receiving. They didn't get anything. 
having seen them, the promises, and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, I know this is not what it's about, Lord. I know the spiritual is far short of what you were calling us to the eternal. They knew that. For those who say such things, make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. They are, that they are seeking that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, had they been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity. You can stay in this physical, but as it is, they desire a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. That city is called New Jerusalem, heavenly Jerusalem, right? They had a focus. They had an imagination. They kept focused on where they were going to get them through the insanity that this world throws at them. Even Abraham, when he was asked to sacrifice Isaac, in Isaac, you know, whom in Isaac your descendants shall be called. Look at verse 19, right? And this is what I was saying this morning. You've got to use your, you've got to reason with the scriptures because this is what he's saying Abraham did. He considered. See, so God calls him to sacrifice his son. So Abraham's going, well, wait a second. Everything's, all the blessings are, you said all the blessings, but that's okay. Why? Because you're God and you can do anything. So he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, which he also received him back as a type. He was bringing that knife down. The angel of the Lord said, whoa, stop. I Now I understand right? Because I don't call you people to sacrifice your families. I just simply call you to sacrifice your lives, living sacrifices. That's what I want you to do. Yes, but, but no. God, consider what God is able to do, right? Do we consider what God is able to, he can do anything, but am I living like I believe he can do anything or do I live in fear? Um, Am I afraid to step up, stand out? Am I afraid to make decisions going for God? Or am I forgetting to consider? Am I forgetting to reason with the scriptures? The, this list of guys is brilliant, right? You finish it off. Maybe I will get to, no, I can't get to chapter 12. I can't abuse you guys too badly today. So therefore, verse 39, these, all of these Old Testament heroes, have, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. You're not going to get rich in this life because of God. It's the next. Because you'll be blessed in eternity. Right? We've got eternity now, but we're, we're, we're when we get there. Because I can fall away. And that's the thing we've got to continue to remember. These guys did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. So they went to Hades, Abraham's bosom, because they didn't get their sins forgiven until Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood, went down to Hades for three days and three nights, taught them the truth was resurrected, spent 40 days on earth. And then when he ascended on high, he took captivity captive, which was everybody in Abraham's bosom. 
everybody in the, the part of Hades that is in torment, you, you make your decision on earth, whether or not you're going to make it to be in God's presence. Already made their decision. Jesus only talked to those that were righteous and said, I'm the one, I'm the Messiah. Now you understand. He took them into heaven because now he was going into heaven with his blood. So apart from us, they would not be made perfect. And now when you die as a Christian, you enter into the throne room of God, provided you hear that incredible statement, because Christ is the one that's coming to your deathbed. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Or else he's not coming to your deathbed. And there's going to be an angel picking you up. And don't ask where you're going. But the beautiful thing about the scriptures is, it's, it's not at your deathbed that you understand. When I, when I talk to older members of the church, that, that, that they know that their time is really short. I, I love talking about death, and I love talking to them about death, and I love talking to them about heaven. And, and, and some will say, yeah, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not, and I'll say, well, what did you do all your life? You can have full confidence in greeting Christ. Why? There's no sin that the blood of Christ hasn't done. There's no amount of works that I can accomplish. Did you remain faithful? Did you love the brethren? Then you have no fear. And you know that long before the doctor says, I'm sorry, you've got cancer. You should know that right this minute that you have eternal life because you can't earn that thing. You can know it because of your faith in Christ, putting your hope in Christ and your love in Christ. It's an absolute. And so when people are dying, I'm talking to them. I'm saying, get ready. Christ is coming. Because I know your life. I know your faith. And he's going to take you. And my relationship with um, Kay Pack. Like we would laugh. I would say, am I going to beat you to heaven first? Because I'm not a very good driver, right? I'd say, am I going to beat you to heaven first? And she would just laugh and said, no, but she, she came up with this one. She said, I'll save you a, a, I'll save you a seat beside me, right? I'll save you a chair. So when you get there, you can sit beside me. That, that was Kay. And that was our humor. Because when she died, it was, she was very lighthearted, though serious, but she was ready to go. And that's what we can do for brothers and sisters is to give them that wonderful encouragement. I mean, that's what God gives to us, this incredible word that don't fear. You can know you've got it. And if you don't know you've got it, then start talking to God in prayer. Get together with your brothers and sisters. Start studying the scriptures. Find out what it is slowing you down, what it is you're refusing to get rid of. And that's what's dragging you down in the mud. Get rid of it and move on. God forgives us all sin. We need to be a people of God. Positive. And pouring out the love in the lives of other people. And our future should not be a worry in our hearts. Because if it is, how do you reach another person? You want that person to be just like you, don't you? Well, I know the judge and I've already stood before the judge because of his son and I am doing just fine. They're struggling with their sin. 
we know the advocate. We know, uh, we know the Savior, and we can introduce him. The gospel is the power of God, and we're tapped into that power. Are we using it? Do I want to say anything else before I jump into chapter? I'm just going to touch chapter 12. I promise you I won't do the whole thing, but it's verse one that I want to visit. And chapter 12 is the happy chapter. That's Asher. And it's happy. Why? Well, because of what I've already read. You've come to Mount Zion, city of living God. heavenly. We're in heaven right now, spiritually speaking. We are such a blessed person. You should be happy. Right. Because it's a what? It's a uh, a festal assembly. King James says it's a rejoiceful, a rejoicing assembly. That's what's happening in heaven. But here's the thing I want you to think about for this week. Chapter 12, verse one. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Now, why do I want to hit that? Because that cloud of witnesses is chapter 11. It's the Old Testament. Okay. All of those Old Testament heroes, where are they? They're in. They're in heaven. Go to Revelation this week. Chapter what? Uh, one, two, three, two and three, four. Four and five. See, my memory is really weird. So chapter four and five. And what do you have? You've got the throne of God, right? And you've got the four living creatures, you got the sea of glass, and you've got the 24 elders, 24 elders, 12 tribes, 12 apostles, all of who? God's people. Where? In heaven. And when you come into that throne room, because that's what we just said you have to do to get your sins forgiven, to get some uh, guidance from God, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we can receive mercy and find grace and time that's where we're going and when you enter into that throne get the vision but understand you're on the sea of glass which represents the word of god that's your faith that puts you there to draw to that throne to receive the mercy but when you're doing that realize all around you is all the saints, all the Old Testament. No, no, they can't see you. You can't see them. But you know they're there. And you know you're there. They are that great cloud of witnesses. Witnesses? Yes. Why? Because when you look at chapter 11, you look at what they suffered. You look at what they were able to accomplish. You know they're there. So when you don't think you can accomplish it, they did. God's not asking us to be sawn in two. God's not asking us to be burned alive. He's asking us to love our neighbor. Wow. They made it. And what they're doing, what this chapter is all about is you can make it. You're not alone. Was it Elijah? I'm the only one. No, there's 7,000 haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Don't think you're alone. Get your imagination going. Put yourself into the throne room of God and understand so many have gone ahead of us. So many that John says, you can't even count them. I think that's chapter seven of Revelation. There's so many people up here. It's innumerable. I can do this. I can do this thing on earth. Hebrews is all about you can make it because the brethren were falling away. Going back to Judea and he said, no, 
Don't go back to that physical. Stay in the spiritual and focus on the eternal. That's what he wants us to understand. And that's why Hebrews, I've never truly appreciated Hebrews until I memorized these 13 tribes, put them on top. And now the book is totally Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and helps me to see my thoughts and intentions so I can take them before God and ask him to help me correct. Because my thoughts and intentions are so deep that there's some down there in that dark hole of my heart that I've got to dig them out. Got to get the light of Christ in there. And this is how you do it. Put yourself into the heavenly throne room and everything else falls to the wayside as you come before God, who is light. Get the light in your hearts. We'll pick it up next week. Chapter uh, chapter 12, verse 2, fixing your eyes on Jesus. I mean, that's brilliant too. But I just wanted to hit verse, verse 1 here because it just so belongs to chapter 12. And for so much of my Christian life, I did not see and understand. Chapter 12, verse 1. As, as a young Christian, I did not see and understand that I am entering into the throne room and i did not use my imagination but now i'm starting to use my man i'm starting to use am i at the end of my life and i'm just starting wow there's so much in the word of god that we just so let slip through our fingers but no more no more we need to get excited because there's a wor world that's hurting and we got to get the message out, right? If we're excited, the message is going to get out. But if we're lackadaisical, nothing's happening. And it's this word here that's going to ignite our hearts to pour out the love in the world, the lives of others. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews, it's yours for the taking. And the notes of this are sitting in that little booklet that I just sent out. So enjoy. Thank you for listening.